Hey everyone, can you hear me? Cellular data. Wi-Fi cellular data. Recording in progress. You guys hear me? Yeah, man. All right, how's everyone doing? Good. A few people have dropped down. Nice to see you, Luca. We are going to have a channel being with us tonight, and she just informed me that she won't be making it. But we can still have an interesting discussion. I'm not sure who all is going to show up. It's nice to meet you, Mike. Uh, What's up? En enable your your camera. Just hit hit the camera icon. We're in the same room, Zach, so we're going to put on these microphones or headphones. Can you hear me all right? See here, dude. I don't want to hit my face. One, one second, Zach. Unmute. Okay, I think I'm. <clears throat> so you're gonna want to enable your your camera as well. I don't know how to do that. There should be a picture in the lower left corner, and it has a red bar across it. And you click on it, the bar goes away. And that enables your camera. I'm sorry, sorry Zach. Zach. Oh, no problem. Okay, right, right there. Start. Right there. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Got it. Kick gas. What's up, handsome? Nice All right. Nice to good to go, go, buddy. All right. How you doing, so, Zach? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Mike? Nice. To I'm good, bud. Hell yeah. So we've all heard about the Pentagon's verification of UAP unidentified aerial phenomena by now, right? We've all heard about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the reaction in general to that experience? Mike. Um. You know, I th I think it could be different things. Uh, from what I know of the government, it's it's uh, it's I don't think it's what it looks like on face value. You know, I, I don't right. think they're. Really, I mean, first of all, they're not saying anything except for yes, un unidentified flying objects exist, and saying yeah. you know, I don't think they said anything about aliens or you know, anything like that. Right. Have you heard about Stephen Greer? Has either of you heard about Stephen Greer's uh, claim that it's a false flag operation? 
That I have that. took me by surprise. I became uh, very wrought up with that. And I thought, oh my God, this reminds me of a book I read in the 90s sometime predicting all these things. And maybe it's true. And I posted his cosmic, a link to his cosmic hoax film. But then with further weeks of reflection, I'm starting to wonder, and especially since it's disappeared from the headlines, but I, I've come to the conclusion that whether or not it's true, it's probably good to expose the possibility so it doesn't become true. But I suppose we don't know any more than we ever have known. I agree. Stephen Greer, Stephen Greer has, uh, he's posted things, or he's not, not posted, but he's produced a film where they, he goes into detail about these, these meditative uh, outdoor protocols, he does groups where they, they claim to break through dimensions and, and they're contacting outer intelligences through these, these meditative protocols. And I haven't experimented with that, but I mean, what, 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 what do you know about all, all that, Zach? Well, I would think it would be possible. That alone doesn't give me reason enough to doubt him, but I've heard from other people who doubt him just on the face of that alone because they discount you know, the validity of meditation. They discount the validity of like internal power sources of any kind. Um, yeah. So, so that would have to remain an unknown, I suppose. I mean, or a matter of it would be a case by case kind of thing. And um, I have I have a funny theory about the nature of these beings or intelligences. I wonder on. if I wonder if maybe the way they communicate, the way they travel, is through imagination. And that's why we can't prove them in an external, tangible, evidentiary kind of way. And that alone is enough. That's sort of akin to saying they don't exist in some people's terminology. But I'm thinking maybe that's actually a current of possibility that they're accessing and manifesting via but it's just, I mean, I'm not even a scientist, but that's just an idea that came to me. Well, you know, do if that's, if that, say that were the case, does, does that mean that two people can share the same imagination or do, will, will it vary from one person to the next based on just the, the individual uh, thought patterns of, of one from one person to the next? Well, that's a good question, and I would say that science has never taken imagination seriously as a field of consideration, and that I don't really know how it works any better than anyone else does, but I shouldn't depend on the scientists for that, and if I'm asking my gut, it seems possible that imagination can be a current of possibility, but... I'm not a scientist. I'm just sort of a theorist. Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing about that is without imagination, the, the, um, the genre of science fiction would not exist. Well, yeah. And J.G. Ballard famously said so. 
J.G. Ballard, who um, is the, the subject of Empire of the Sun, as well as being a, a longstanding um, prolific science fiction author. Yeah. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Please go on. Oh, that was that was the end of that point, really. Um, as far as the um, UAPs go, I've only seen that Navy footage, and I've I've seen a bunch of di different people talk about it on podcasts. Primarily, uh, Joe Rogan and, and his uh, ilk—I wouldn't say ilk in a bad way—but that that crew of people that it, when it, when it kind of rippled through the the news community it made a stir in there and the Navy there's Navy personnel who are like, well, this was a real thing. This is not a hoax. This comes from Navy yeah. um, the camera footage from a, a, a camera that was installed on a Navy aircraft uh, radar. Oh, radar. Okay. So I, I mean, there's the, I have heard the theory that these are just prototypes that being used by the military by a secret branch of the military that's fucking with the generic branch of the military just to t test their capabilities and to test the capabilities of this new this new propulsion technology you know i'm wondering if 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 bob lazar ever cracked that that code of how that how that uh propulsion system worked that they were trying to get him to work on or if someone cracked the code or got close and now they're testing it out I mean, that, that's one possibility, but what do you think about that? Well, they've apparently, I mean, according to some theorists, have been working on wreckage ever since they found any. And that, according to Roswell theory, is like 70 years. According to the Stephen Greer theory, it's since the 20s, so it's like 100 years. And presumably they've wow. come up with a lot of, inventions by now um i'm an outsider to this whole thing i mean i i i read books by zechariah sitchin years and years ago i became convinced of the ancient presence theorem and that was before there was any tv show about it you know but um then i read some whitley streber books i read some john keel books and then i got into fiction for like 30 years and came back to the aliens via the Stephen Greer thing that happened in June, or I guess via the June Pentagon thing, and then the Stephen Greer thing, which got me excited. But then it all disappeared from the headlines. I definitely think that there's <clears throat> information control on not just this topic, but a lot of sensitive topics. And I feel like... Um, the original question is, what do I think about government involvement or like back engineered craft? Um, I think there's a lot more than I can even guess at, but my guess is that, you know, that it's extensive. And you mentioned to me having seen something about Majestic 12. I feel like we're leaving you out of the discussion, Mike. Um, feel free to jump in at any time. Go, 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 jump in, jump in. Go. Go. You're muted, or you're muffled. Uh, can you hear me now? Is that better? Barely. Okay. Let me um, see if there's any way I can. So, 
I don't think you're I don't think you're you're getting no. recorded. So, so you're being um, recorded, but you're just mute and then what do you what, what do you got here? I can hear you. You're just kind of quiet. I don't know where the microphone is. Might be just mic placement. Okay. There you are. How about that? Well, much better. Sweet. So, um, so when you guys were talking about the uh, the Navy and there's the one uh, Colonel or whoever he was, he's like a major guy, and this was a big thing for Joe Rogan. He's like, this guy is legit. And when you listen to him, you're you're absolutely like, yeah, this guy's not lying. Well, Neil deGrasse was on Joe Rogan, and you could tell that Joe Rogan was trying to land this alien thing with uh, with Tyson. And uh, Tyson made a good point. He said, you know, you're saying that this is a fact that they saw this and to them it is, but he says they were using instruments. So mm -hmm. they didn't see it, the instruments did. And then he went on to say, you know, there was a certain study that they were doing and that science goes by probability. Uh, you know, if you try something a hundred times and it happens 80% of the time or 90, whatever it may be, it's very probable and maybe even fact that it, that, that, that that's the case. Um, <clears throat> but Tyson was saying, you know, this is the instrument doing it. Uh, and so they're saying they're, they're counting on the instrument that is not a human with eyeballs. It is calculations through a computer and a, a radar. And this is what the radar is saying. This is what the radar is saying. So, and again, you know, usually Joe will, uh, he'll kind of let people do their thing, but he was really wanting to hear Tyson say certain words like, aliens are real and uh you know tyson's point was really valid that these are instruments and there's a lot of different elements and uh you know uh what's the word uh there's a lot of ways that the instrument itself could be reading something <clears throat> because it's it's not taking a, an actual picture it's taking a radar bleep and so that's what the instrument saw that's what the the, the equipment saw not the people but there are all these voices of like, oh, look at that. So I, I get the impression they saw stuff too. But maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I agree that it's completely unknown. It's like fundamentally unknown. And it occurs to me that you are a fish tender. You have like, you interact <laughs> with fish species all the time. That's an alien intelligence. What insights do you have about contacting those intelligences. Uh, I'm sorry, which intelligence? I don't know how to describe your occupation, but it's uh, Mike's Killer Fish. I yeah, think I used to own a tropical fish, fish store, and uh, I'm a nut. 
and and by the name Mike's Killer Fish, that was intentional because I have a lot of fish that that are more aggressive or they get a lot bigger than your average community fish. Uh, so I am definitely in the kind of uh, biologist scientist realm. Um, you know that stuff comes pretty easy to me, and I've 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 probably easily put a hundred thousand hours in. You know. Um, uh, I, I think I'm more into the spiritual uh, side of things yeah. where, you know, for a lot of my life, oh, by the way, uh, I'm the alien pimp. So this is a great conversation for me. Um, <clears throat> I have a song with George Clinton called Alien Pimpin. George Clinton was actually in the studio with us in about 2000. And, uh, and then the song Alien Pimpin, ended up turning into my next band, which was Alien Pimp. Um, and so huh? I, I love the idea of, of aliens. And the reason I bring all that up is because I've always believed in them, but I'm one of these people that's had a crazy, amazing life. And I can honestly say I've never had an experience where I saw something that I believed was aliens. I've never had... Um, a, a conversation with God, any of these things that people can say, I mean, almost everybody I know can say, I've seen an alien or I've seen a UFO, uh, not an alien, but a UFO. I have to say I haven't. And Yeah, uh, I've, I've never, I've never either. I saw something funny looking once. I never felt myself to have been abducted or to see an alien or anything right. like that. Right, like I've never had a personal basis, but it's but it seems like there's so much evidence that it shouldn't be ignored, you know? Okay, that's another thing with Tyson. He said, with all the cell phones we have, okay, I'm on a cell phone now. It works really good. Like uh, the quality of our cameras are unbelievable. And he says, you know, uh, there's videos on uh, on. YouTube and Google and things like this. And the, the example he brought up was there's a bear walking down the street and he looks at this traffic cone that was knocked over and the bear reaches down and picks up the cone and sets it right and walks off. And uh, so Tyson says, you know, every day you can watch YouTube and find things of animals and real things in life that are unfucking believable. And, this there are billions of down downloads every single day so tyson says why haven't we seen a definitive photo video of aliens or 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 uh, uh, one one piece of footage that is clear as day that is a fucking ufo every a lot of people would say we have i mean I would say I would say it's like to the point the ability to manipulate images is to the point that they can fake a convincing you know visual of anything. So it's almost like the asking for proof at this point is is like outmoded. But I don't know. I'm I don't know. I'm not more, I'm not really a Neil deGrasse Tyson guy or a Joe Rogan guy, but. Um, I think there's there they're in if if images, if images are manipulatable, then perhaps there's 
a, auxiliary kind of an auxiliary application to your theory about the the imagination you, you know like the, these outer, outer intelligences are interpreted through our imagination which means they may or may not actually be there but since they're not palpable they're perceivable if, well, if yeah, there's there's two schools of thought the nuts and bolts and like i guess the spiritual interpretive school of thought yeah and i guess i would say both probably have existence and validity and I shouldn't try to pretend like I'm really knowing anything about it whatsoever. I'm trying. I'm trying to just encourage inquiry and conversation. And I apologize if I did come across like I knew what I was talking about. Well, I mean, you know, to have the humility to, to not to not presume, presume that you've got the answers because double books. I mean, that's that's there's a lot of merit to that. To, to, to basically. No, no pun intended, but copying the fact that you, you, you know you're not an authority, and who really is such a slippery subject. I mean, if, if Greer is correct, I mean, if, if Greer is correct, then these are interdimensional uh, confluences. Confluences, and these are interdimensional. Uh, I don't know why, but your sound is all over the place. If there's anything you can do about that. Me, you come. Can I mute him on my? Uh, on I don't my know. Maybe there's maybe there's a trick to it. I think, I think, I think there's a feedback loop because my microphone's picking up me on your phone. Yeah. So I'm gonna move over there for a second. <clears throat> so we can get the. the yeah. I apologize for not being a like wizard of the Zoom tactics here is that better yeah <clears throat> cool. um you know one thing about greer uh when i first caught wind of him and started watching like he's got the one big documentary movie that's out it's amazing and it, you know it's one of those the mind c5 initiative one um one? i forget what it's it's got a few of them. the one i really like is kind of old uh, but he, he, it was one He's of got those. one called Sirius and one called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, where it's about summoning aliens, people going out and summoning them. I don't, I think I it think was called Closure. It was the but one where on. all, he had a ton of witnesses. It, that was like the big thing is like, look at all these officials. How could it not be true with all this whole lineup? I think they even had a point in it when they showed a graph with all the pictures of all the people, uh, you know, that, that validated it. Um, after further study uh, and listening to other people, Joe Rogan or something, he, he seems a little kooky, you know? Um, but, but, but he had a lot of good points and- uh, Wait, who, who seems kooky? Twice. Who seems kooky, Joe Rogan or? No, Stephen uh, Greer. Uh, Greer. After, okay. Yeah. Why do Why do they say oh things kooky? This guy's the truth, you know. Um, but just after hearing maybe uh, Joe Rogan or some other people kind of talk about some of the points uh, that I can't recall right off, but some of the points and how they 
were kind of invalid or, or, or maybe they, they mentioned that uh, some of the people specifically like, oh, this guy, he seemed valid, but then there's proof of this or that, uh, that I, I don't know. Like, All right, like I, said, I don't know. I think for me, when it comes to aliens and, and belief, I kind of go down the path of like the Sumerians and stuff like that. You know, we can look at architecture and that's shit, no pun intended, but it's written in stone. It's there. It's right. And you can back it up to other architecture and scripture and religion and, and written books. So that's, so that's where Neil deGrasse Tyson's demand for proof kind of falls on its face, in my opinion. We'll say that again. Oh, that's where Neil deGrasse Tyson asking for definitive proof doesn't really stand up in court, in my opinion. Yeah. But maybe he wants a modern version, but I would say like the intelligence is too controlled in modern times to really permit that, but it's just a guess. Well, you know, the and whole, go thing, on. the whole thing with the Sumerians and the idea that, I mean, there's a lot of, we could go a lot of places with this, but um, you know, it's kind of a, a, they talk about that maybe the Sumerians crossbred or, or uh, crossed genes and made humans and aliens into, or primates and uh, Sumerians into humans. Um, and I think there is a lot of proof, uh, you know, when you look at the, uh, the structures in South America and things like that, where they have these rocks and these walls and the fucking mm. rocks look like marshmallows. And they say, we can't put a micron measure. We can't put a piece of paper between right. the rocks and their <laughs> tons. And, you know, things like that to me are testament more than anybody, anybody's uh, story. You know, because yeah. you can look at it and say, that's fucking real. That's real stuff. And you can like, why would they carve into a stone, uh, a spaceship or um, uh, the, the circle oh, of life, yeah. the, the, the flower of life, the circle of life. And it has all the kind of uh, the triangular points and all the circles make circles. Uh, they found them on rocks, in rocks, on rocks. They don't even know how they got them there. They're, they're clearly, you know, five, 10,000 years old. And they say, it's not cut. It's not engraved. It's not, uh, they didn't use a natural stain from, from a plant. They're like, this, this figure is embedded in the rock as if it was a laser. You know, or the or the walls. They say we still don't have the technology to make this. Uh, those things to me are proof. And so I think that alien life exists. I mean, when you take the the, the galaxy and the universe into account, then it's just like duh. You know, what's the yeah. if you don't believe that there's other life in the universe, then you're an idiot. You know what I mean? Like the, the chances are, it's like a billion to one. Um, and so, so uh, stuff like that, I think hits a lot harder than any uh, DeGrasse Tyson, 
John Greer, Joe yeah, Rogan, yeah. any of those things. And I, I think that's a, uh, that's a very fascinating uh, aspect of the idea of aliens and people or entities not from Earth. So I have this friend from old times, like old time punk rock friend, and he was always the, the spiritual guy. And he sort of was the inspiration of like, wow, I can be a punk rock guy and still be interested in spirituality. How cool is that? I was reading Brothers Karamazov, and he reminded me of the Alyosha character, if you've ever read that. Anyway, I invited him to this podcast, and he was like, well, I believe aliens exist, but I believe that in Fermi's paradox, like everyone uses up their resources before they can travel into space. And I thought like, damn, what a depressing mindset this guy went to after being the inspir inspirational guy, you know? But he might still show up. I'm not sure if anyone else will show up tonight, but um, that I suppose is a possibility, right? But I don't, I don't like that idea. I mean, there must be possibility in order to be multiplicity. Multiplicity must include different possibility levels. Have you ever seen a UFO, Luke Schmaltz? Yes, I have. Can you hear me? Yeah, what was it like? Okay, well, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there's uh, there's two high-level, uh, high-security facilities on the outskirts of town. One of them is Sandia Labs, which is at the top of Sandia uh, Peak, which overlooks the city. And then the other one is Kirtland Air Force Base, which is uh, on the southeastern outskirts of the city. And multiple times on, it was always on either mushrooms or LSD, but these are fast moving, like Tic Tac, like a Tic Tac, like the, the Navy footage, the Navy radar footage thing. It's, it's fast moving things that are defying the laws of physics, going really fast, making right angles, and then just, just splitting into the stratosphere in a, a nanosecond. And it could have been the power of the drugs, could have been the fact that we were up all night on a clear night uh, where there was, there was not a lot of light pollution or smog pollution, and you had a clear look at the stars. Um, it, it was always from a long ways off, though. And so there's, there's the LSD factor, or once was on acid and once was on shrooms. So it could, heighten my, could have heightened our awareness or the fact that we were just up staring at the sky all night, knowing there's two government facilities nearby. So these could have been government vehicles, or they could have been, uh, if they were extraterrestrial vehicles, they were monitoring, monitoring our government's activity to make sure we're not going to blow ourselves up. Because <laughs> right. there's, that, there's that theory, too. Well, a lot of people uh, wait to get away from aliens for a second, believe that you can contact machine elves through DMT and like see the builders of experience. I've never taken DMT, but I hear that's a common relation of people who have taken DMT. They see these little elf 
elf workers, yeah. elfin workers, and no, it's it's that's, it's true that's because there's a there's intelligence a, inner intelligence. I mean, I'm not going to refute that because I've seen those guys, and it's it's right. not it wasn't terrifying. It was like fun and benign and almost well, yeah, uplifting to a degree. But you know, these experiences are almost universal between people who take dmt is that you see the little elf guys like running up and down as though they're on like fast moving conveyor belts that are somehow <laughs> installed on your, uh, on your on your arms and up, up and down your torso and your legs these uh these superimposed conveyor belts and these guys are just cruising super fast and l laughing and kind of coming by you know your line of sight and fucking ha -ha! and you know, yeah, so, so i don't mike you've you've seen that shit on dmt right yeah okay yeah the last time i visited um <clears throat> it was like i was looking at a screen but it's it's in your full vision like there's nothing else this with your eyes closed and it was crazy because it was like uh orange and green and purple all of these uh all of these day glow kind of colors and it was very like rectangular and then like if you can imagine lines and geometry and then the same line in it the same line in it the same line in it like you were looking down a you know a box but the the clowns or the knoll whatever they call these guys it was like right. in those lines, there would be the eyes and then the mouth. Uh, it, it, it's it, everybody would say it's really hard to explain being on DMT. Um, but almost everybody will tell you that it's it's without a doubt. Like when you're there, there's no question. It's more real than reality itself. And they are talking to you. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that uh, Terrence McKenna, one of my huge favorites, he says, uh, you know, that the, what, what do they call them? The, uh, the robot elves or something like that. But they'll be like, oh, you're here. Like, uh, how'd you came? You know, and, and some people will say that maybe, maybe they had a bad trip and, and, the, and the, the gnomes were like, uh, you know, what are you doing here? How'd you get in here? <laughs> is there a definite sense that they were independent of your consciousness that they were an external intelligence absolutely yeah, yeah that's what i felt too i felt like it was an external intelligence and it because I, I have not encountered these things before in meditation or in dreams and i'm a lucid dreamer and i tend to remember my dreams quite a bit i dream a lot of music and i've taken lots of psychedelic drugs well, I'm fairly new to the DMT experience, um, and I've done a lot of meditating, and I've never encountered that before. I think there's just the DMT compound somehow opens up your perception, because, I mean, why else would it be almost universal between all DMT uh, users that, story. that it's the same thing? I mean, do we all have that? Yeah, that's very interesting. 
do we all have that locked in our imagination as you said earlier zach or are we plugging into like a parallel uh reality a parallel yeah well a parallel i'd say universe is a little bit too big of a word no Just pun intended or pun intended, but, yeah parallel dimension that's what the word i'm looking for i mean if we're, if it's the same thing universally with between all users i i think that they're the, the way it affects the pineal gland is it opens your perception into a parallel dimension that's here all the time, but you can't always see it because you don't have that door of perception opened up to, to quote well, Aldous Huxley. I think yeah. that uh, from, from, from what I've gathered, I believe that it actually releases the DMT, which, uh, is naturally in your pineal gland. Oh, yeah. And so it's like you have this, you have this chemical in your body for emergencies like death, right? And the DMT, DMT kicks in when you're on your way out. And, and that's the purpose of it is that our human body and our human existence can only uh, uh, contemplate or, or, or understand human things. You know, I mean, just like right now, if we could see all the wavelengths and energy and vibration in the in the air, we probably couldn't see each other in the room. Yeah, uh, right. Microwaves, radio waves, all these things. We probably couldn't even see each other, right? I mean, um, yeah. and so that's what DMT is. You know, just like uh, if there's a an old lady with a baby under a car, me and Luke could probably lift that car off of her that one time, you know? And uh, so it's those things, those adrenalines or things like that that kick in. And so when you take DMT, it has the power of just opening that pineal gland and all of it comes out at once and that DMT hits you. And I'm telling you, you're talking to two guys. We've had our, our, our ways with mushrooms and LSD and things right. like that. And you think you know. And I'm telling you, the first time I took DMT, my friend had, had, had acted as my shaman and she lays out blankets and pillows and she puts on music and makes sure that you're just right. And when that stuff hits you, because by yourself, especially the first time, you pretty much have to take like three hits to get to what they call breakthrough. And when you take the first one and, and if you've done pot, marijuana and blow or, you know, any of these things, you have a good idea of what to expect. There's no fucking way in hell you can expect what happens <laughs> in about 15 seconds. Wow. So you can usually, you could take your second one if you're brave, but it hits you so hard and you are so astonished and freaked out about the feeling going through your body the 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 noise is like a winding vibrating noise that just and it's coming and you're like what in the so if you take the second one you're probably too scared or physically unable to take the third one and that's where a shaman comes in they say you got to take this. And you're like, I don't, I don't think I can. So you take that third one 
and you blast off that the, the first time I blasted off into the universe so far away from here, it was like, um, with my eyes closed, it was like I was looking at life like I am now. And what I'm looking at broke into bricks and I was gone into God knows where in the universe. And I literally opened my eyes and I looked at her and I go, no fucking way. And she just had this look on. She's like, yeah, yeah. because especially that first time, if you do it right, um, it, it, it's something that you cannot even believe or contemplate or imagine even having you know, done mushrooms or acid to a point where you're like, oh, I, I might have taken too much. It's it's a thousand <laughs> or a million times more than that. You know, I mean, it is just absolutely unbelievable. Interesting. So has either of you heard of orbs or orbs. rods? Rods. Yeah. Jose Escamilla yeah. photographed these one-celled, giant one-celled organisms on super speed film that are too fast to see with the naked eye. A lot of people don't believe him, but he's he's founded a whole career on the existence of these things, these rods. And um, I mean, he's got a lot of pictures of them. I don't know, I'm not a film analyst either, but it's not unlike the orbs that so many of us have photographed and seen that are supposed to represent spiritual presence. Yeah. Are you talking about uh, the, the orbs, like just like a, a red, like red lights in the dark, perfect just circle? Like a round, yeah, a little round circle of light, illuminated circles. But the rods are more interesting because that idea that these, that this is a whole other strata of life that no one has ever noticed until someone happened to photograph with super speed film because they go super fast, but they're gigantic one-celled, if they exist, one-celled organisms that are so lightweight that they can pass through anything without even disturbing them. Sure. And that's actually low energy. Um, if, if, if I'm on podca uh, podcasts or, or anything like this, you'll hear me talk about uh, Alan Watts. Uh, he sure. was an old hippie philosopher. He, yeah. I, I was listening to him for a couple of years, and then I realized he died in 1976. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's been dead for 30 something, you know, uh, 50 years, you know, 45 years." And I thought he was still alive. Amazing. Um, uh, he talked about God bless me if I never forget what he said. <laughs> um, I forget what I was going to say about it, uh, but uh, someone take the mic. <laughs> oh, uh, Luke, what's well, uh, the, have you ever seen a ghost? Oh yeah, absolutely. I worked I worked at a place called the High Street Speakeasy on Thirty Eighth and High, and it was um, two thousand one till two thousand two. It's, a, it's an old bar that was built in, the, I think, the 1920s. And it's been a bar ever since then for almost 100 years. And it's, it was a brothel during uh, the, the railroad boom. And it was, it's been a, a bunch of different things. It was a speakeasy during Prohibition. Now it's, uh, you know, another neighborhood bar. 
when that first wave was trying to gentrify North Denver uh, in the early aughts, the, this dude who owned Williams Tavern on 17th, uh, he was one of my clients, my advertising clients from Modern Drunkard. And I sold him an ad for the high street speakeasy. And then he was telling me about how he needed a decent bartender. And I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a booze slinger, man. I mean, I can, I can make this happen. Uh, I had a feeling I had that weird vibe. I'm like, this place has got some weird ass mojo, man. But, uh, the Williams. Yeah, it wasn't at the Williams though. It was the guy. It was the guy who owned the Williams. He sold it and bought oh, the. Oh, not that place though. No, it was it was on Thirty Eighth and High. All right, pardon me. Not North Denver, kind of by the, the railroad tracks out there. And so the first. That's kind of that's uh, east of down uh, of North Denver though. I mean, it's on the yeah. north end, but it's more east than. It's more. Say... It's more. It's more northeast Denver for sure. Yeah, but. Uh, there were people that were uh, so-called ghost hunters, and I, I, I've been fairly aware of other energies and vibrations, and I would call it, you know, some inklings towards psychic perception my whole life. And the radar was going like pushing past the red when I started working there. Hmm. And these folks, these two gals, come in with recording equipment one night. They go upstairs to one of the old brothel rooms that's got you know it's it's been uninhabited for decades it's full of debris there's a blood stain on the wall that's been partially scrubbed away and the one of the ladies says oh look somebody tried to put, scrub it away and then this male voice goes i scrubbed it on the recording but there was only two women up there and it was an unmistakable male voice and then so wow. they come downstairs and play me the recording that they just got they didn't hear it when they were recording it, but they played the recording for me. And it was like 4.30 in the afternoon and we don't get busy till 10. And so they played me the recording and then they leave. Freak me the fuck out. <laughs> so then I'd say about a week later, I was opening the place at about four o'clock and I, I go past the bar, I go up these little stairs into the pool room to turn on the lights in there and just, make sure it's not a mess from the person who closed the night before or whatever. And then I turn around, I'm going back down the, this little staircase and there's this, this, uh, orb. It's like a, a like a basketball size wisp of smoke. And it was just kind of like oscillating there, just kind of hovering there. And then it went whoosh into the, into the cellar. And I was like, Oh fuck, man. <laughs> but we we people would take pictures in there and there would always be orbs in all of the all of the the negatives and on the prints of the film as well and one could say that's you know like a dirty camera lens or there's debris in the air which is you know that's viable but from my experience there was most certainly uh paranormal activity going on in there without a doubt Whoa. so even though i have an overact one could say I have an overactive imagination or maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not completely deadened by uh, the television or the, or just cynicism, you know, that it's always good to keep a healthy sense of, you know, the impossible. Cause you never know. 
Yeah, I think it all has to do with allowance or forbiddance, despite that we've got all these instruments to measure evidence. I feel like belief has to do with how much you allow to be possible or how much you forbid to exist. I mean, I'm no scientist, I'm no politician, I'm just kind of an armchair thinker. Um, but it occurs to me also that DMT machine elves, because I've heard the thing about the DMT, and it is a naturally occurring human production, it happens when you die. So maybe those machine elves are part of what you see when you die. Maybe that's who leads you or, into that place. Yeah, or they, they or they, they live in, or, or they live in a realm that humans are incapable of seeing. Oh, okay. Is, Until they're in that, possible, in that like, like I was saying with the microwaves. Uh, okay, so so infrared. Okay, infrared is a color of the rainbow that we couldn't see. Oh, yeah. And then we found an instrument that could read it. So it was there the whole time. Same thing with ultraviolet. ultraviolet and dogs I hear can see a lot more colors. Before we figured out how to make uh, an ultraviolet bulb or, 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 or ways to see it, we had no, no idea there was ultraviolet. Now ultraviolet, yeah. uh, coming back to aquariums, I can take a filter that has an ultraviolet light in it. And that filter obviously pumps the water through and filters the water. The ultraviolet light kills all bacteria and uh, yeah. things like that, other elements like bacteria and things like that. Uh, th this is something that the, the human eye can't detect without instruments. Right, right, right. That, you know, or even electricity uh, we didn't know was there all along. I mean, I guess we always saw lightning, but we didn't know what it was <laughs> until we learned to channel and divert it. Uh, as far as orbs, um, and again, one night I might not be a, a, a good witness <laughs> of this because I believe that night I was on mushrooms, but I was in my fifth room and it was late and I have one of these uh, work lamps for your head and I stand here, and for for whatever reason, you know, I'll I'll turn the lights off or off or on. Uh, I, the fish don't really like the bright lights; it's more for us, and so I try to limit it. And for some reason, I came down. Uh, like I said, it was real late at night, and I must have wanted to keep the lights off and not bother the fish. So I put this on, and like you see a cat in the night. With, with brights or a light on, and you can't really see them at all, but you see these two orbs, right? I walk through and I have these African knives. They're long, they're about a 14 inch fish. And if you're looking from the side and you look at their eye, you can see through their head. Wow. Uh, and, and most fish aren't like this, but you can see from one eye to the other through the side of them. And I had this, this headlamp on and I could see red lights of all of them. And because these are nocturnal fish, a lot of times, uh, like right now with the lights on, they'll kind of hide and stuff. But because I had the, it was dark, I don't remember if I had the infrared light on or not. 
for for the sake of this conversation, I'll say that I must have had the because you can switch it from just a flashlight to a red infrared, and their eyes I could see them swimming in the dark only by the red orbs. Uh, so I guess my point is again we have our human perception of things and what our physical body is capable of, but because I have this light on, I saw this shit. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't, like you could see the fish swimming around, but all you could see was their perfectly round eyes. And right. um, if you didn't know what it was, you'd say I had some goddamn <laughs> aliens in my basement last night. I mean, there wouldn't be That's no true. way to dissuade you from thinking that. It was there and I knew exactly what they were. Those fish exist. I know what they look like. I know how they swim. And there were these red orbs. I have the fish. I have those specific fish in different tanks because they don't get along well. And I'm going around my fish room in pitch black. And I'm going, well, there's a bunch of red orbs in here. <laughs> so, so this is a question for you. And I tried asking it before, but I don't know. For Mike, I don't know if... Um, you got what I was asking, but I can't think of a time when I've communicated with a fish. But yeah. you've had a lot more experience, and I wonder if you can tell me a story of a communication with a fish. Um, one that comes to mind right away is that if I bring people into my fish room, people always want to gawk, and they come up real close to the tank. It's almost everybody. Right. And I'll just tell them, like, hey, back up a little bit. You know, just it's 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 there's like this buffer. It's like just step back two steps, and these fish will come out. Or if I have a fast moving fish or or fish that tend to run and hide, if you will go up to the tank and they all scatter and hide, because part of my business people want to see fish, right? And if you have fish that are exceptional compared to someone else's fish, like if you go into a fish store. I probably have a better quality of fish than the fish store or better specimens of the same species. Um, but what I found, if I just go ahead and go up to the tank and don't try to be, you know, standoff or anything, but I sit and wait with my phone and my camera, all of a sudden this fish comes from behind their little cave and they're like, that's you know, very good. And then they kind of come out. And then before you know it, you've been trying to catch pictures of this fish like this and you just sit there and they literally will come up and I could take my hand and go like this and they'll turn and I get a picture of this side and I go like this, but it just takes that patience of knowing that it's nature and you're this giant creature that sticks your hand in the tank and, and things. I mean, imagine if, an arm came out of the sky big enough to grab you <laughs> and, reached down and grabbed you like this and then took you out of earth and put you in another earth because that's exa exactly what I do with fish. I take a fish from one tank to another and throw him in with 20 other fish. He's never seen yeah. them in his life. Like they might not even occur, even though these are uh, fish that were born into captivity. Uh, Maybe I put them in with fish that they wouldn't exist with anyways, because I just put them right. in. Um, but imagine that. Imagine if you just got picked up by some 
entity and put in another tank, another earth with a bunch of what this entity calls humans or people or whatever they call us. Like, I don't know what they call us from, from out of, from out of earth. Yeah, right? But, probably, there's probably a word, there's probably a word for us. You know, there's probably a Mike V. There's probably a Mike V out there or God. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, is 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 watching all this shit i mean you look at our galaxy it's a system you go out there's another system you go out there's another system so you know you go into the galaxy there's our solar system you go into our solar system you go into earth there's a system you go into um, you take a piece of carpet right you look at the carpet that's carpet all right but if you grab a piece of yarn and you look at it, that doesn't look like carpet. It looks like a piece of yarn. Then you take the piece of yarn and you pull one piece out and you put it under a microscope and you go, holy shit, there's a billion fibers in that one piece of yarn that look like a piece of yarn, you know, and you keep going into that and you keep going into that. So it works both ways. And I think that's where I was going with Alan Watts is he brings that up. It depends on your perspective, uh, you, take a, you take a newspaper and you zoom on in, it, in on it with a, with a uh, what do you call it, magnifying glass. Well, it's dots, right? There's no person there, there's no building there, but you zoom out a little bit and you're like, holy shit, that's a picture of Kennedy getting yeah. shot in the head. So it's, it's, you know, perspective goes from macro to micro like that. And I, I think that that definitely is a good start for understanding what is what, you know, of what uh, what perspective you're using. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And after however long it's been where the official policy back to aliens has been ridicule and denial, there have sprung up all these like very opinionated belief structures when people left to their own devices had to come up with definitions for what was happening. And that's kind of where we stand on aliens at this point. Like there's all this history that's been denied that can be re-examined now from a more credulous perspective. Yeah. Um, I just saw a text. I just got a like. Somebody liked another potential guest liked my text saying, hope you can make the show tonight. So she may be appearing in a minute or not. Great. Um, does anyone Hello, else Mama. bring up another topic, another angle on this? Well, topic? One I left out of uh, my, my DMT trip before the mechanical elves showed up. Right. When I took that third hit, and I, you know, I was just, I was just going, I was cranking them out hard. You want, you gonna grab me a beer? Is that what's going on? <laughs> okay, so when I first blasted off, there was this fucking rumbling coming at me, and it's a fucking mastodon, and you know the ancient, the the the, the, the extinct woolly species. Mammoth. Yeah, a, a woolly mammoth. It it runs right at me, and it sticks both, both either of its tusks up my nostrils and picks me up out of the air 
and I fucking turn into dust and I fly. I don't know how far away. And then I reassimilate digitally like way over there where it just kind of like hooked me and threw me backwards. Right. And then when I, when I reassimilated into what seemed like normal form is when the mechanical elves started their, their roller coaster fucking laughter ride up and down the limbs. So that wow. was, uh, <laughs> that was the introduction into that realm for me on the, on the first one. So that was, uh, thank you, sir. That, that was something that I left out of that. And I don't know figment of the imagination or, you know, something that exists in a par parallel dimension that we normally can't perceive or, you know, like Mike was saying with like, just with all of the di different frequencies, what you can and can't perceive and the DMT, you know, it, it, it gives you that perception or you know i i don't really have the, i've heard a lot of different theories on this but that was something i wanted to put in there as extra consideration just for you to put into the into the dmt like uh alternative experience file <laughs> yeah. i tell you i got i got another one on that uh as far as the uh the substance situation goes um uh, there's another Alan Watts story. Uh, he he had an experience, and I believe it. I, I believe it was him that gave the Buddha LSD. I can't remember if it was him oh, or he gave story. somebody. Uh, somebody a guru. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, a major like. Well was it like the Dalai Lama? Something like that. Yeah, like oh. the fucking Dalai Lama or something. He gave me a hit of acid, and and uh, if I'm not mistaken, he he explained that it was like the real potent like LSD 25. You know, there's there there's no way to get around this, yeah. and he took it and felt absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> I you you could line up probably a million people and give them a hit of acid, and there's no getting out of it, Jack. I mean, once, well, yeah, I, I don't think I could feel nothing. There, there there's no way, but it, it just goes to show perception and uh, probability. You know, probability of things that don't make sense, and uh, where you say that's impossible. And that's where allowance comes in. I think, like, if you're Absolutely. on. A of practice of allowance you're sort of encountering more possibility just because of that and the more forbiddance you practice the more narrow and limited your life becomes i uh that's everyone knows i i i'd like to get into some other stuff another time but uh i i'm a i'm i'm an avid uh I call it stretch and strengthening, but it's also joined with meditation um, and yoga. And I didn't even realize I was doing this, but I have taken meditation and stretching um, and, and I've joined them so much to the point that I stretch three to five times a day, every single day. Uh, my living room is set up 
I've, I've got room to lay down and spread out and I have fitness ball and rollers and all this stuff. And um, sometimes I'll take it to the extreme. Maybe it's late. Maybe I have a little buzz going. And, and what I like about that, even, even with something as simple as marijuana, um, mar marijuana will allow you to dig into something and really kind of, uh, well, just get weird with it. Um, and this one night I was on my fitness ball and it's all about relaxing um, and allowing maybe your lungs to collapse so that you could stretch a certain way because if you're full of breath, you can't quite get that stretch. Uh, wow. I, I really believe in stretching your pelvis and your hips and things like this. Um, you know, so I just experiment and I'm always finding just different moves where like, oh, that feels good. Or I turn and get a crack or a pop out of my body that I've never gotten that feel, feels like it needed to be popped for 20 years. Mm. Um, so in doing this, I do all this weird stuff. I've learned to relax and like pop, pop, things like that. So I was, I was on acid and I started thinking and I got myself to a point where I could touch my head without my hand, even though it was my hand. So I was able to remove myself Interesting. from myself. And I was touching and rubbing my head as another person. So this hand was not this head's problem. Was it a person or was it just an automated hand? It was, it was me. But I got to a point where I could separate my I hand from my head. It was just a disassociated hand. This is the best way to put it. I could sit here and go like this, and it feels good. But if a girl I'm attracted to is rubbing me like this, that's a whole different feeling. And at right. that point, I felt like I was able to remove this hand so this was not my head's hand. I was a separate person rubbing myself and I allowed myself to separate far enough where I could be like, holy shit. <laughs> it, it, was, it was unbelievable. I'll never forget it. Um, I've revisited before, but that one time was just, uh, it, it was just mind blowing that, that I could perceive a hand rubbing my head that was not my physical hand. Sure. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about, um, about perception and uh, how, how did you put it as far as, uh, help me out here, guys. You, you were well, I guess maybe that. you're, I was talking about them, the aliens or the extra, extra dimensional beings maybe traveling through imagination and that's why no one can ever pin acceptance. them down. Proof. Right? You were saying oh, acceptance. Yeah, like like being, take bringing yourself to a level that you can accept things that are unacceptable. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, think, and I think psychedelic experimentation definitely enhances one's propensity for allowance. And a lot of people that have never done it will never do it and would never do it. 
and they're sort of basing their existence on proof and provability. <clears throat> yeah, well, the, the proof and provability thing, I think, um, especially people that are high profile uh, cornerstones of the scientific community. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, like, like DeGrasse Tyson. He's got a they reputation. To protect. Maybe this. He's got a reputation to protect among his colleagues about being uh, like legitimate. And, yeah, dependable, very so he, He's not, not going to walk out on that limb with Shirley fucking McLean. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Look at this uh, fucking thing. Check it out, Zach. Can you see oh, that? Oh, wow. My goodness. It's, it's not very big. I hope you can see it. <laughs> That's the biggest one I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a monster. And Enjoy I, I hope we have people listening because I'll tell you what LSD is on purpose somehow. And I don't know how because it doesn't grow. Yeah, it does. Well, well ergo, it's it, ergo. It, 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 not without humans, right? Yeah, it does. What? It's derived from a fungus called ergot. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, a chemical. It's CIA definitely masked cow shit like this. And, and oh, that's what I was going to bring up earlier. Uh, I believe that DMT is in all growing matter, at whether it's 1% or it's 0.0001% or whatever it is. But I believe there is some amount of DNT, DMT in, if not everything, almost everything. Makes sense. Uh, mushrooms occur all over the world. So it's part of the staff of life. And I think that this is the truth. And this is the answer to all the problems on Earth. I can't say that about LSD. I can't necessarily say that about DMT, although um, I think that it's known by some that DMT and mushrooms have, um, there's a connection there. That's one thing that Terrence McKenna, if you never heard of Terrence McKenna, he's a he actually, Isn't he the one who actually also said that maybe mushrooms were spores sent from an extraterrestrial planet to yes, cause the that. awakening of consciousness. That's, yeah. Yes. And, uh, or something brother, like that. His brother Dennis is still alive and he's uh, still carrying the flag. But these two guys, brothers, in the early 60s spent, I think, six or seven years. All they did was travel to indig indigenous areas looking yeah. for anything that they could trip on. Um, and that's all they did. And uh, uh, Terrence had a lot of valid points, uh, one of them being stoned ape, I think they call it, the stoned ape theory. And that is that because there's no explanation as to how our brains, our brains uh, tripled, I believe, in size in 2 million years, or is it 2 million? I think so. but. Uh, things don't happen that quickly. Although 2 million years sounds like a lot of time. Um, 
and and what he said is that it's very uh, it's very likely that an an ancient human or or uh, you know uh, what are we calling him uh, ancient oh. ancient man would be hunting for food hungry enough uh, following if you if you're hunting you're following the scat of the animal and you come across a pile of shit and there's food growing out of it there's a plant growing out of it you're a hunter gatherer the probability of reaching in that and at least testing especially if you've found 10 or 20 other types of mushrooms in the hundred or thousands of miles that you've walked in your life um, and they ate it so he talks about three levels if you take a little bit of mushrooms your uh, visual acuity jumps up way high and you become a better hunter. So it's more likely that the hominids or cave, we'll call them cavemen. The cavemen that had the mushrooms were better at hunting than the others that didn't. So those types of cavemen start multiplying more than others. So then your second level, if you were to eat more of them, then you have sexual arousal, which brought on more of like orgiastic situations. Um, and another claim is that back then, it wasn't man and woman, husband and wife. This is my kid. It was a tribe. And they all had sex together. And they all enjoyed each other's love and each other's companion, each other's help. And so it wasn't my kid, it was our kids, it was our family. Uh, and then you have the third level when you eat enough of them and you see shit that, imagine the first caveman in a group that was the first one to eat this damn thing and he goes back, and he's talking about, you can't believe the shit I saw Right, and then these, and so then they all start eating, and they're like, "God damn!" And 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 the brain grew, you know, and that's maybe where consciousness came from, right here. Give me, give me another explanation. There is no explanation as to why we have consciousness. consciousness. Well, aliens is one explanation. Sure. Potential. I mean, it's a, it's fundamentally unknown, but. Those, I like them too. There's, I mean, there's, there's, do we have consciousness because there's aliens, or do aliens exist because we have consciousness, or do we have or imagination because, because of that? Because, because of, of mushrooms, or are we able to perceive another intelligence because of mushrooms, even though they were already there? <laughs> These are questions. I don't have the answers, but you know, the, the, this, the, these kinds, these types of discussions beg these kinds of questions. You know, these are you know, if, the, if, if these are, if the takeaway is just more questions than answers, that's typical of most great conversations. <laughs> I agree. Well, thanks for coming, you guys. I'm sorry you were the only ones, and I'm glad that you came. I'm gonna try to do it again tomorrow night. I don't know if anyone will show up, but you're invited back if you're interested. Yeah, I'm down. Yep, I have to uh, distribute the magazine tomorrow. 
uh, we're doing another drop of Modern Drunkards, the next issue. So I'm going to be out on the road from 3.30, probably till 6.30 or 7. So if if I'm not there right away, I'll be I'll be dipping in towards the end. All right. What's the time tomorrow? Same time. Uh, same time well, maybe like 7 to 8, actually, tomorrow. A little okay. Later. 7 to 8 tomorrow. And yeah. I'll, send, I'll send you guys links. It's a real pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, inviting Mike Villano. You know, like this yeah, guy's more than stuff than I am. Mike, you contributed a lot to the discussion. Great. So did you. And it was a good conversation. I look forward to seeing you part of tomorrow's session. Have good, good nights, both of you. And thanks a lot. Here comes the Zoom shutdown. Adios, amigo. Exactly. Hey, keep it alien pimping, folks. You know it.